It's a good day to be able to dedicate a child on Mother's Day, right? Yeah. You know, I, I want your help with something. So, and I, I want to thank you guys for being here today. But it's been known that Mother's Day is the most popular day of the year to go to church. And I think it's time to make sure that's going to be the case, right? You know why that is? It's because moms know from where their strength comes from. I can't imagine being a mom. I've been trying to think about it all week long. I would not make it. I, I just, I don't think I have it within me to be a mom. I, uh, my poor kids, if I was their mom, they would be, Dina laughs because she knows if, if, if I was the mom, they would have some issues. Because when life is hard, guess what happens? They go to mom. When they're not feeling quite so well and they want to get out of school, who do they go to? No, Mom. Because I would say, just rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine. Go to school. Um, in our house, this is how it really truly is. Uh, I'm the one that wants to dismiss the issue and move on to the next box to check, right? But not my wife. They know that if they go to Dina, Dina will care for them and have compassion on them. I... Uh, they come into my room in the middle of the night with a bellyache or into our room, and they tap me on the shoulder, Dad, I'm not feeling so well. Well, tell Mom. <laughs> so I see a few moms laughing. So guys, we might have to get together on this one. But today is Mother's Day, and it's a day that I want to take time to really just to talk to moms and honor you and thank you. Because the role that you play in the lives of your children is huge. But there's this thing in life that creeps into our thinking, into our behavior that thinks we're not qualified. We're not good enough to be the mom that God's created me to be. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that by the pure fact that he created you and he made you to be and he gave you these children, he has qualified you to be the mom that he is destined for your children and for you to be. When we think of mom, we think of the loving, breakfast-making, job-working, boo-boo-kissing, sick-bed-sleeping, can-do-no-wrong, child-lifting, hero-making, laundry-doing, dish-washing, taxi-driving, cheerleading, wonderful woman we call mom. That's a short list of all the things that you do as a mother. And for today, we want to say thank you. I was out this last week. I'm on this. I, who's ever done a diet before? <laughs> come on. I still say, come on. Okay. But you start it, and you stop it, and you start it, and you stop it. I have that experience, too, with exercise. I start, and then I stop. Who has a magic number? When you get to that magic number on the scale, it's like alarms go off and red lights start flashing, and it's like, uh, 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 nope, you got to do something, Doug. 
Well, every now and again, I hit that number on the scale, and it's like, okay, I got to do something. So I decided I was going to start going to the gym and running again. I got to tell you, I went to the gym, and I had these member or these training sessions I had paid for a while ago and never used. And I, it was the great. Here's a this is kind of off topic, but here's a great story for you. So here's what happened. I was going to the gym, and Christmas came. The holidays came, right? And we kind of lost track of. Uh, making sure my next training session was scheduled. And then I get this call about a month or two ago saying, hey, Mr. Zek, we just want to let you know we apologize that your trainer quit and you haven't been able to have your training sessions. And of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, it's exactly why I haven't been in the gym. It's because he quit and that's why I haven't been going. So they said, well, we'd like to reschedule you for these sessions you've paid for. And I said, okay, so let's do that. And he says, you'll recognize the guy he's built like a house. I thought, well, that... I don't know if I like that. So anyhow, I get there that day, and oh my goodness. I mean, this guy is a, literally, he's a bodybuilder, and he's huge, and he took great pleasure in the chuckling every time I felt like I was going to pass out, or I couldn't breathe, or, and uh, so, so I had a struggle with the previous guy, his name was Chance, and now I have a new guy, and his name is Zeb, and I'm going to tell you that... Uh, Zeb and I have a love-hate relationship. And uh, so he's on a timeout right now. So I decided since he's on timeout, I'm going to start running. So Monday I went running. And, uh, and my running is that you run a little bit, you walk a lot of bit, you run a little bit, you walk a lot of bit. And so as I was out there, um, I was thinking, God, just, and, it, and I love these times because it is time with the Lord. And I said, God, what is it you want me to, to really talk about on Sunday. Mother's Day's coming, and, and there's numerous things you can preach about on Mother's Day, but what is it that you would like to talk about this Sunday? And, and he gave me a, two words. One was, and the two words was warrior princess. Oh, that's, I like that. So then as I kept exercising, then he gave me two more words, and it was conquering queen. And so as I said earlier, you know, mom can be loving, she can be our cheerleader, she can be the one that encourages you constantly, but I'm going to tell you, mom is really a warrior princess and conquering queen. That's what God designed mom to be for us. Now, who likes action movies? All the guys, some of the ladies. I, I, the more, and, and I'm proud to say my son now that he's a teenager, he likes those same kind of movies, so... It's just three of us in the household. Mom is outnumbered, so Hallmark's now watched in the bedroom. He and I watch the things out in the living room. So Robbie will come over and watch Hallmark with you. But we, uh, when I think of a warrior princess or a conquering queen, I think of someone that's just like an action movie. He's going to go after whatever it is. I, there's been times growing up in my life where maybe I saw that from my mom. And what it looked like sometimes was this. When somebody crossed her kids, I saw the warrior princess and conquering queen rise up within her. Which moms are in here like that? If someone crosses your kids, people better watch out, right? But there's another side of that. And I know I've seen it in my wife and my mom. I know I saw it in my grandmother, Ellen. And that was this time that she was deep into warrior warring and battling for her kids, her grandkids, her family, her extended family, her church family. And I know we have moms here today that do that as well. 
I can't remember all the details of interactions with my mom growing up, but I can tell you that I always felt extremely cared for. I felt highly favored and very important. Even when I didn't deserve favor or I didn't deserve a level of importance, I still felt that way because that's the spirit of a mom, but I would also say that's the spirit of our Lord God placed in a mom. I want to look at somebody today in the Bible that is called the mother of Israel at one point, and her name is Deborah. Deborah is found in Judges chapter 4 and chapter 5. Deborah was a judge. See, back in the day before there was kings over Israel, they had judges to help lead Israel. There was Joshua that led them into the promised land, but then after Joshua led them in the promised land, they struggled keeping their way. They would start uh, worshiping the, the idols and marrying into the, the people of the land that they had taken over. See, Israel had come and conquered this land. It was a new land. It was the promised land. But they didn't eradicate all the, what we'll call, sin in the land. The, the, the ways that were not pursuant of the Lord. They didn't eradicate that. They left it. And so as those things were left, they started to partake in some of that. It's kind of like today in, in our life, when we are saved, we don't necessarily completely separate ourselves from all the ways of the world. And I'm not saying stop doing this and stop doing that, but as the Holy Spirit reveals things to you that just, you're like, well, I shouldn't be doing this, then you shouldn't be doing it. But they weren't doing that. They were partaking in some of the activities of the land. And because of that, God would allow them to be taken over by other uh, communities and other countries. And then they would be enslaved, and as they were enslaved and in bondage to these entities, or as I would say, as we're in bondage or enslaved to sin, he would allow a judge to rise up, to give direction, to provide judgment for those that needed direction, needed to know how to make the right decision. Well, this judge was probably the most godly judge of all the judges, And yes, this one was a woman, and her name was Deborah. Now, Deborah, she did not necessarily become a judge from birth, but over time she developed into being a judge, and she would go out because it, as a good custom in that day, it wasn't good for a woman to be in a home alone with a man for obvious reasons and appearances, you know, to have no appearance of evil. So she would sit out under a tree. And people would come to her. And I, and I have pictures of Deborah as people would come to her. And I would think, you know, she, uh, she was much like a mom. You know, Billy and Betty were arguing, so they run up to mom, and mom has to make a judgment, right? And so they had come to Deborah, who was also a prophetess, knew the, knew the ways of the Lord, could hear from the Lord, and she would provide judgment. Deborah was one that that is very much like a mother is today or ought to be, and that is one that loves justice. When they see injustice, they want to see it made right. And they would counsel on matters and encourage. She, she gave direction and instruction and support. In, in Judges chapter 4, verse 3, it says, And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. 
For, for the one that was over them now had 900 chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. For 20 years, the people of Israel were under intense, intense, intense burden and struggle and hurt. Have you ever been in a place in your life where it's like, man, this just sucks. And you don't feel like you can get out of it. Well, that's how they were. They were in this place for 20 years that the people of Israel were being oppressed cruelly. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came up to her for her judgment. And what I, what I was understanding as I recognized in this bit, I had to start thinking about how did she establish herself in that place? Did, did, uh, there's nothing in Scripture that really says how she became a judge. So, so I'm just trying to figure it out for myself. And I started to think, how did she become the mother of Israel? Well, I think when things are hard, God starts to develop things within us. And within her, I think people would come to her looking for advice. And, and over time, it was good advice. Why was it good advice? Because it wasn't necessarily Deborah's advice. She was a prophetess. She was hearing from the Lord. So it was actually the Lord's advice being provided to the people. And so over time, she began to understand and hear the voice of the Lord. And as she heard the voice of the Lord, she was able to provide good judgment, good direction, Mothers, I want to encourage you is if you want to provide the best judgment and the best encouragement for your children, learn to hear the voice of the Lord. And the more you, you begin to hear the voice of the Lord, even the judgment or the direction or the decisions that you're trying to help your children make, even when it doesn't seem quite right, you'll have a peace within you because you know you've been hearing from the Lord and you know it's the right direction. You know, we have, we have two kids and, and as the kids are growing and developing, and, and they get to a place in their life that they're going to go out and be on their own. You know, you have in your mind, well, this is how it's going to be. Now, a lot of that may be the Lord, and some of it may just be me. But I have to trust in the Lord that as Everett was dedicated today, as our children are dedicated to the Lord, and you do your best to raise them up in the Lord, that they will not depart from it in their older days. In the days where maturity creeps in and says, oh, I remember what mama used to say. In Judges 4, verses 8 through 9, let's skip to there. It says, Barak said to her, see, Deborah saw the injustice in the land. Deborah knew that something needed to be done about it. Yes, they were oppressed and the, the oppressor, the king of that day, he had 900 chariots and lots of men. And they weren't just chariots, they were like tanks, they were iron chariots. It wasn't like the, they rode around in these wooden rickety things. These things were uh, something of, of, had some real mass to it, and they were strong. The oppression was really strong in the lives of these people, and Deborah saw something had to change. So she calls on Barak, and, she, and Barak comes and he says to her, if you will go with me, I will go. She's saying, you have to go attack them. You need to take this land back for God and for these people. Barak runs to the mother of Israel and says, Mommy, 
If you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. <laughs> have, you, have you been there, moms, where your children are struggling with something and they, they don't want to go alone? I, I can think of, you know, in today's day and age, people eat out a lot, and we being some of those people. And I remember watching my kids as they get a little older, you're, you would encourage them to order their own food, Right? Now, my wife, I love my wife. She is probably one of the best moms you'll ever get to know. She would say no, but I would say yes, and we would argue about it. We'll just settle on the fact she's one of the best moms I know. But uh, I've told this story before, but she always wants to take care of her kids. And and so I can remember one instance where a teacher was asking, we were new to this classroom. You've heard this story before. You know where I'm going with it, so she's nodding her head. But we went to go introduce our daughter to her new teacher. And so the teacher got down like this and said, so what's your name? Dina's over here, Caitlin. <laughs> so what's, what's your favorite thing to do? And then Dina answers. And, and this was going on and on. And, and I thought, wow, my kids don't even have to talk. <laughs> because she loves them so much, she's going to talk for them. I can see it now. So why would you like this job? She's a hard worker, and she would really like to help people. I, that's when I got nervous, is when that was going on. But, um, but that's how moms are. They want to they be there, and they want to, in, in some ways, just take care of their kids to such an extent that the kids get to be kids for a very long time. I heard a message not so long ago that... We as parents need to remember one thing, though, that God did not entrust us. And, and understand this, this was hard for me to, to really grasp because I, part of me didn't like it because it was like, well, no, they're mine. But, but God gave us kids for just a time. He entrusted us, our children, for just a time. Not to always be our children, little children, but they will always be known as our children. But we're just entrusted for a period of time. That's, and so on the other side of that, it's like, well, God, I want them forever. But on the side of being their parent, wow, God, you actually entrusted us? Me? I'm not equipped. No, 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 listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. I'll, I'll tell you what to say and when to say it and how to say it. Get, get to know what my voice sounds like, Doug and Dina. Get to know what my voice sounds like, moms. I'll help you through it. You're not alone in being this parent. But I heard this preacher say not so long ago that God did not give us children to raise children. He gave us children to raise adults. And so, so as, I, as I start thinking about how we're raising our kids, are we raising them in such a way so that when they become the age of an adult, they actually are an adult? This is not a a, a message of criticism by any means. But I I see today where there's a struggle that when you get to this, what they now have termed transitional age youth, which is this age of like 17 to 25. You know, it used to be you became 18 and now you're an adult. Nowadays, we've decided we're going to extend the the age of adulthood to maybe 25. And so we have this thing called transitional age youth, and it's in that transition that they're learning to no longer be youth. But yet, 
I will tell you this, the enemy wants to help define our children as youth as long as they possibly can, because when they're still youth, then they can't be an adult that carries influence in such a way that they could point people to Christ. See, our kids are to be raised up to be influencers in a community. Now, what's an influencer? If you were to look at what's leadership, leadership defined as influence. God has called us parents, moms, to raise up children to become leaders, to become influencers. We're not to default back and say, I just want to raise a survivor. Because in, in reality, that's kind of what we're trying to do at times is, I just want to raise a child so they'll survive adulthood. Or they'll survive transitional age youth. But God says, no, raise up an influencer. Raise up a leader. Because if you raise up an influencer and raise up a leader, guess what they will be? They'll be conquerors because they know a conquering queen. They'll be warriors because they know a warrior princess. They'll go out and influence a nation that needs to be influenced for who? The King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who you are, moms. You're the ones that are equipped, not being equipped. You are equipped to hear his voice. And as you're equipped to hear his voice, you are equipped to provide the direction that every child needs. Now, Barak comes to Deborah and says, I will surely go with you. And she said to him, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which we are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera, which is the king of the time, into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak, Barak to Kadesh, where they gather up an army of men, 10,000 men, and they're going to go against this mighty king that has oppressed God's people for too long. She saw the injustice. She saw the worth in the man Barak. And they went after this king. She did not go and fight the fight for Barak, but she was there, in fact, to encourage him during the fight. In fact, she even instructed him to start. In Judges 4.14, in the Message Bible, it says this, Deborah said to Barak, charge! In the ESV, it says, up! How many moms have done that in the morning? Up! It's time to get up! Maybe That's what dad says. Mom might be, oh, come on, honey. It's time to get around today. No, I, I'm the one that's... My dad. Oh, man. I'm still working through it. But it would be like a Saturday morning. And Saturday mornings, when you're a kid, they're meant for sleeping in. Or cartoons. For me, in the day, it was cartoons. But he would come in and he'd be, it's time to get up, it's time to get up, it's time to get up, it's morning. That's rude. (laughs) Dear God, forgive him, for he knows... Mom would be, honey, would you, what would you like for breakfast this morning? I know some would say, that's not me as a mom, but I know a mom like that. She lives in my house. But Deborah said to Barak, charge, this very day God has given you victory over Sisera. Isn't God marching before you? Barak charged down the slopes of Mount Tabor. His ten companies followed him. 
and they overcame the armies that were oppressing God's children. She was not called a mother of her children, but Israel was her children. I could not find when I was studying on Deborah where it said anything so much about her children. See, yes, we are, as moms or as dads, identified a lot because of who our children are, but I know so many mother and father figures in my life I have a wonderful mom and dad, but I would say even in this house, I have mom and dad. And, and for, for uh, Deborah, there was people that referred to her as mom. I don't know what to do today. I'm going to go talk to mama Deborah because I know she hears from God. In Judges 5, verse 7 through 8, they, they, they sing a song because of the great victory that they had over the king. And, and one of the sections of that song says, the villagers ceased in Israel. They ceased to be. See, they, they stopped living a normal life because of the bondage that they were in. The people of Israel could not even live a peaceful life in the village in which they inhabited. In fact, they had grown so accustomed to the bondage, or, or in our case, we grow so accustomed to the sin in our lives that we become lazy in battle. We, we get to a point where I can no longer fight the battle because my life now is identified in my bondage. I, I, I cannot be more than I am today. This is, this is my lot in life, and now I must lay in it. But Deborah knew differently. God put something within her that said, no, you can be more than that. How many moms can identify that with their kids? That you see your kids, and maybe they're older now, and they're adults, and you see them living out a life, but you know the life they're living as great or not as great as it may be. You know they were called for such a time to do greater things for the Lord than they're doing now even. You see it in it. You know it's there. Deborah knew it was there with the people of Israel. She knew because the prophetess she was and the wisdom that God had imparted to her showed her that people of Israel could rise up and be mighty once again. The, the villagers ceased in Israel and they ceased to be until I rose, till I arose, I, Deborah, arose as a mother in Israel. It, it didn't say, I, Deborah, arose as a great warrior in Israel. I would contend that's what it says. I, Deborah, a mother, a warrior, a princess, a warrior princess, a conquering queen, arose. Because that's who a mother is. In this day, in this day, the New Testament church day, the New Testament church day being a day that is after Christ death and resurrection. It's a new day. It's, we talked about Pentecost Sunday last week where the Holy Spirit came and rested upon everybody in that room and the Holy Spirit filled them and baptized them and has given us the ability to be filled and baptized even in this day. Moms, with the Holy Spirit, you can be a powerful warrior princess, conquering queen. In this day, God raises up a generation of Deborahs, yes, mothers that will prophesy. You can prophesy even in this day. In Acts, we read in chapter 2, verse 14 through 21. You knew I was going to have to get to Acts somewhere today because I'm in a series on Acts. 
It says, but Peter's standing with the eleven. See, these people had gathered around because they saw this movement happening, this, this noise happening. This commotion was going on. People were speaking in these new languages. And, and, and there was this, it appeared as flames upon their heads. And then Peter stood up and said, hey, hey, listen, listen. Standing with the eleven, he lifted up his voice and addressed them. And he said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And give ear to my, weir, to my, give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day. Come back the sixth hour and then... No, I'm joking. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So he then hearkens back to a day where, where he had remembered hearing about this prophet Joel who had written this. And Joel said, And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Moms, the Spirit has been made available and can be poured out upon you. You can be baptized in the Spirit. You can have the Spirit living within you in such a way that when you need to make that hard motherly decision, when you're in that place of being just completely wore out, tore up, ill-equipped, you can call upon the Lord and say, Spirit, help me. And the Spirit will come upon you so that you can minister as a warrior princess and a conquering queen over your children and over those that you have influence. He goes on to say, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servant and female servants. And in those days I will pour out my spirit and all shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. That's the day, no matter what our children do, that's the day that we would say as mothers, we want them to know that the day of the Lord is coming, and you want them prepared and ready to welcome home our Father. And it shall come to pass, in verse 21, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's not just the cry of a mom. That's the cry of all of us that know Christ. That everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes, prophesy that your children will be saved. But also with the spirit of Deborah. You know, Deborah's... I didn't get a chance to study this, but here's an interesting fact. Deborah means bee, honeybee. So go home and study honeybees. But, but this is, this is how I, I see moms. Micah 6.8 says this, He has shown you, O man, what is good. I almost, I'm taking this out of context, but it's almost as if, man, that's good. And what is that? That's mom. And what does the Lord require of you? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Moms love justice. They love mercy. And walk humbly. Ephesians six ten through eighteen. Here's the most a very popular, well known passage of scripture. It's where we read about the the um, armor of God. You know, as a child, I would see the armor of God as 
Oh, I'm going to put on the armor and I'm going after it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's the action movie scene again, right? And I can see myself putting this on and, ju- and just walking through the door, explosions happen. You know, that's, that's how my mind would work. But today, as I look at this in the context of a mother, let me read it to you. And think about a mother equipping themselves with the armor of God and, and for the reasons why. It says, finally, my brother, and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Moms, it's his might that gives you power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What are the wiles of the devil? What are the things of the devil that you need to stand against in this time, in this place, for your children, interceding for them, and for yourself? And know that the Father, that the Son's interceding for you on be, with the Father in heaven right now. Verse 12, I, I quote this verse very often because it's a perspective verse for us. It puts things back into perspective for you. Why do you need to be a warrior princess and conquering queen? It's because in verse 12 it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Oh my. That's a lot. That's big. So you mean this is going on not because people have bad hair? (laughs) It's not a flesh thing? No. It's a spiritual thing. We tend to give credit to the flesh where the flesh needs no credit at all. There's a spiritual battle going on. And what's a warrior princess conquering queen look like? It looks like somebody that's doing spiritual warfare for themselves and for their children. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Oh, you're going to do spiritual warfare. And guess what? You don't have to use your own tool belt. You can take up God's armor. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So stand therefore, having girded your, your, your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Ephesians 6, verse 13. Go home, moms. Read this to your children. Read it yourself. Talk about what is truth. This is a whole other series of messages I'm not going to get in today. But then go on, it says, okay, so we'll go back to verse 14. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith, have faith. There is no fiery dart that comes from the wicked one that can penetrate and and disrupt and take over your children, believe. Believe that the the seeds that you've planted in your children's life are taking time, but they will take root. They will sprout. I heard a message just again recently about about the development of a seed. Seeds are hard because seeds, you can't see them when they're actually working. I can remember my dad, he was a biologist, and so uh, planting things was important around our house, and so I can remember putting seeds in little pots, and, and I was the guy that wanted to dig up the seed to see if anything was happening to it. 
because I'm not patient. And in today's day and age, it's, it's really easy to not be patient. If you want something, you just go to Amazon and you'll have it tomorrow. But, but know that, that and have faith that that which you've planted in your children's lives will take root. And it goes on to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And this is the activity. See, the other parts was all the equipping, the preparation. Now it's time to go to battle. What's that battle look like? First word, verse 18, praying. How often? Second word, always. What is a warrior princess? What is a conquering queen? It's praying always. And knowing who they are in their prayer. I'm, I'm the intercessor. I'm the prophetess. I'm the judge. I'm everything you need me to be, Lord, through your equipping. That's who you are, moms. You're very well equipped to be all that God needs you to be as a mother. You just have to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to you and saying through you to your children. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I talked about moms and your children today, but I'm talking to all women. That, that you are called to be mothers of dot, dot, dot. Deborah was to be mothers of Israel. She was to be the mother of Israel. God has given you the opportunity to mother something. And a mother isn't just the, the caring, loving, boo-boo, kissing mom. I'm telling you, it's the warrior princess, conquering queen type of person that is praying always in the spirit, interceding for that which God needs to do here and now in this place and in this city and in this community. They call this a pregnant pause. Because I want you to stop and think for a minute. Imagine. What's it look like? What's it look like when a mom rises up and knows her place? Some, I, I, here's where my hesitation is right this second. This message is not to say you haven't been working hard. This message is not to say that, that, you're, that you haven't been doing the right thing. In fact, the message is just this, good job, well done. And, and this message is supposed to be one of encouragement to say, the praying that you've been doing for your kids and the, and the ministering to your children and the influencing you've been doing to others, good job. But, but where you've grown weary and where you've grown tired and where you've grown, to, where you, since you were unqualified, where you needed more grace, I want you to know that, that it's very much available for you and where you haven't felt like you were qualified, God has qualified you. Where you felt like you came up short in life, that's in the past and God has a future for you and He will carry you into your future. 
I know that there's times as a parent, mother, or father, you think, man, I've really messed up my kid. If they can survive, thank you, Lord. But I'm going to tell you, for one, I've heard too many stories in my life of, of bad upbringings and people still turning out really good. So, so if that's the case, if a bad upbringing could not destroy a child, then a good upbringing can't destroy them either. But also, a good upbringing can't make them good. See, we as parents, we're called to, to be warrior princesses, conquering queens. Fathers, we're supposed to be the spiritual heads of our household, the priests of the household. These are the things that we're supposed to be doing, but it's not because of what we do that our children will turn out to be great or bad. It's about us being on the same page as the Lord, and He will take care of the kids. So it said, you know, Christ told Peter, He says, upon this rock, I will build my church. So upon you, the rock of your house, He will build up your children. We start to think that we disqualify our children from things, but the truth is God just entrusted them to you for a period of time. And you're going to help plant seeds in their lives. I don't remember, other than my dad waking me up early in the mornings, the bad things my parents did. <laughs> I'm sure there were things that weren't so great, but I, I know that the good things that they seeded into my life have taken root, and that's going to be true for you and your kids. The enemy would have you stay in a place of Despair. But rise up, warrior princess. Rise up, conquering queen. There is no despair because the King of kings and the Lord of lords has your children in the palm of his hand. The worship team could come. I want to close in, in the, the It Is Well song because the, the word that God gave me just before I came up here this morning was this. One word. This is for all. Yes, for moms, but this is for all. I want you to know this word. I want this to be evident in your life, in how you live your life, as a mom, whatever role you're in. The word is contentment. How do you find contentment in life? It's knowing that God is in control. And I'm going to do my best to be what he's asked me to be. And in that, I will be content. Live a life of contentment. Live a life where you can sing this song and know it. I'm not just singing it. I know it. I don't know of it as well. I know it as well with my soul. Would you rise with me this morning as we sing this together?